This is Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Each month, we interview experts in the field, discuss the data, and explore all facets of the housing market. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned real estate professional, you will benefit from our insightful conversations and gain property intelligence as we discover more about the key issues shaping our industry. Now here's our host, Jason Mercer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Real Estate. I'm your host, Jason Mercer, TREB's Chief Market Analyst. Real estate professionals are always looking for ways to build connections and be remembered when buyers and sellers are ready to take action. With podcasts surging in popularity, savvy realtors have found a new tool to help them stand out from the crowd. One in four Canadians listens to an average of five podcasts per week, and listeners say that podcasts allow them to build deep, and meaningful levels of trust with individuals and brands. Today, to learn more about podcasts and how they can help realtors promote themselves, I'm speaking with Doug Downs, president of Stories and Strategies, a podcast production, marketing, and advertising company. Doug is also an award-winning former radio and TV broadcaster, and he spent over 20 years in public relations and marketing, working with large corporations, politicians, and entrepreneurs. On our show today, not only will he make the business case for podcasting, but he'll also give us tips about how to promote a podcast, choose a hosting platform, and analyze metrics for success. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. Jason, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, I tried to meet you at RealtorQuest, but you had that phenomenal setup for the, the <laughs> podcast you were recording. You're like a rock star surrounded by people, and I couldn't get in to meet you. So uh, good to meet you here. Well, you know, we've been doing this for a few years now, and it, it, uh, you know, I was a little bit nervous, obviously, to to, to start with, but uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been great, and we've really kind of switched things up over time. And to your point, at RealtorQuest, having that sort of event where people could take in a podcast recording uh, a live was was a lot of fun. So we're looking to continue that kind of thing moving forward. And I think you know some of the feedback that 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 you provide today, and certainly advice to to some of our members, uh, will probably factor into that as we move forward. I had a trade show booth at RealtorQuest promoting the podcast, and I, I was able to give two talks and and the same thing. The just phenomenal interest. Um, realtors get it, you know they they get what this channel is all about. This opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I've been with Treb since two thousand nine, and you know I, I know there's a large cohort uh, of our membership, which is you know getting on eighty thousand strong, and that you know really like to. Uh, be abreast of of the latest technologies that can help them in in their business, and certainly communicating with clients and potential clients. And and as you say, you know, podcasting is is uh, is a, is a medium that's not new, but I think it's always evolving. And 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 maybe that that's a nice segue into sort of the first question I had for you is just thinking about you know what is the business case for for podcasting, and 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 why should realtors consider creating a podcast and and how could that podcast help them promote themselves and their brands, especially vis-a-vis, you know, their existing client base, but obviously looking for uh, a new clients for which they could, they could list or, or help get them into a home. Absolutely. And you use the two key words, I think for realtors, always looking to build connections because they splinter off and go in different areas. And hopefully that links back to the realtor who has um, a business case for wanting to keep those connections, but also somewhat of a personal case. Uh, realtors take their work, they take it home with them, so to speak. Sure. Um, you know, you're right. Podcasts have been around about 15 years or so, but COVID really changed 
obviously changed the world. It changed listening habits in that we saw a spike in the number of people who started to develop the podcast habit. And now, as you said in the opening, it's one in four Canadians. That's just way too big a demographic now to ignore. Uh, That is an absolutely massive segment of the audience. And as more and more we're surrounded by noise in this world, I think Seth Godin says there are about 5,000 messages a day that you and I are bombarded by that comes from social media. It comes from TV. It comes from radio. It comes from podcasts, but it comes from blogs, newsletters. We're just bombarded by it. People are trying to make individual choices for themselves. And that's where podcasts fit because you put your, your ear pods in or your headphones on and it's just you and the podcast. And you genuinely feel like you're having a very personal experience with the host. And if they have guests with those guests or that guest, so it changes the dynamic and people are willing to spend 20 minutes 25 minutes, 30 minutes with an individual podcast. With any of your social media posts, they're just, you know, scrolling through the post. So that's the business case for podcasts. It forges personal connections. Most people are listening at home. How perfect is that for realtors? And that's the real business case here. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and you made the point about being bombarded by, you know, messaging through all kinds of different uh, mediums. And, and it's a question I had for you in the sense that, um, you know, a realtor is going to want to use a lot of different methods to, to reach out to their existing and, and potential clients. And, and you've certainly already made a case in, in just the first few minutes that, um, you know, the a, a podcast, a method where, where you're really, you know, getting the undivided attention. Uh, of someone versus other meetings, but there must also be the a way in which you can kind of tie, you know, different communication methods together. So how do you tie sort of that really pointed communication uh, um, method by using a podcast to say, you know, other social media techniques and what have you? I think social media dovetails well with podcasts. Social media has a broader reach. The average person is spending two and a half hours a day on social media, that's 18 and up Canadians. Um, yeah. It's horrifying when I see the stat, but it's, <laughs> it's tr- and we're breezing through things. So that works at the top of the funnel. It, it can help gather attention, sort of. I think most people are just breezing through. You've got to be constantly in front of them, but use social media to promote your podcast. When you're giving presentations um, on my business card, I've got a QR code. That's perfect. People can yeah. just scan and go to your podcast. Use your email. At the bottom of your email, you you always put your signature and your phone number and your website. That's all great. Add another hyperlink to your podcast. Talk to people about your podcast, your everyday conversations. Be known as the realtor who does all these things. They have a social, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, but they're the realtor that also has a podcast. And I think the signal that sends to people is it's it's not just at the top of the surface, because honestly, social media is. It's at that very top inch or so of the soil. Podcasts are the roots of the plant that go deeper. And they suggest to people, I've got depth. I've got something that I can offer through the podcast. Use all those channels. And just another example, bench ads are classics for realtors. Put a QR code on your bit. I'm not saying don't take out a bench ad. If you can afford sure. it, do it but put a QR code on there, make them all cross pollinate with one another. 
Yeah. And that more traditional form of advertising is still really key for, for realtors. I mean, obviously yeah. you can take advantage of social media, you can take advantage of podcasts and what have you, but just thinking back, you know, you're right. Bench ads, ads of paper that come to your, your home advertising, you know, realtors in your, in your, in your given neighborhood or what have you. And, and the, the concept of the QR code, I mean, that really came, you know, back to life you know, during COVID and now- They're I, hot I don't, right now. They're yeah, hot, the QR code. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think it's going away because just like the, you know, the 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 the, the podcast is a more sort of in-depth communication method. When you see a QR code, like immediately now it goes to your mind, look at there's something deeper underneath this code and you want to click on it. You want to see what's there, right? Especially the younger generation, more and more, you know, the Gen Xers as they, they get older, which people tend to do, uh, they're bringing those habits that they developed when they were younger along with them as they get older and they're more able to afford to buy that first home or, or even their second home if they've been sure. invested particularly well. But each channel, I should stress this, each channel is unique and different unto its own and either fits in a master marketing strategy or individual marketing strategies. Your podcast is one strategy, yeah. uh, your social media channels. And I'm even of the ilk that each social media channel is different from the others. I do things differently on Twitter than I do on Instagram, than I do on TikTok, than I do on LinkedIn. I produce different material and sure. talk in a slightly different voice. So each one deserves its own attention. Yeah, I think that's that's a really nice point and it, and it and it gets me to the next question that I had. I mean, you had mentioned the marketing funnel um, yep. when we were talking about all these different communication methods and 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 social media streams and, and and what have you. But where do you see podcasts fitting into that larger, you know, business marketing strategy and the marketing funnel as it were? I'm different from a lot of podcast producers who I don't think have necessarily the marketing background. A lot of Marketing producers will say, oh, they fit up at the top at the at attention. So first, the marketing funnel, just rehashing. It's a centuries old idea, about a century and a bit old idea. It still fits today. It's attention. You need to get the attention of somebody. You need to help them develop their own interest in what you're offering. You need to help them develop their own desire and then ultimately make the action easy for them to take. You can't push people through the funnel. You can't really pull them through the funnel, but you can sure encourage them and, and lay out a trail of M&Ms or cookies that they find their way through the funnel. Most podcast producers will say that at, they podcast fit at the top of the funnel at, at attention. I actually think they fit right in the middle. Yes, you'll get some attention for your podcast, but classically podcasts pull smaller numbers than social media. If you have a thousand followers on social media, you might have a hundred podcast listeners. Where it fits is interest and desire. And it's because of that personal experience. People that listen to your podcast on a regular basis, they know Jason. They yeah. know your style. They've gotten to like your approach to things. Hopefully the guest is, is okay, but really it's Jason who's the real glue uh, and the attraction, the honey to the podcast. So you're going to deepen that brand experience, your personal brand and your business brand. A lot of brokerages were talking to me at RealtorQuest about developing their podcast because it deepens the brand experience. They can attract more realtors to their brokerage. They can be more top of mind with a deeper layer of trust for people who want to buy and they choose that brokerage. I think where podcasts stop though, is if you expect to host a podcast and say to people, hire me to be your realtor, 
it's a key. Di- that's the action portion. It, the, the key difference here is that what you've created is kind of like a cafe table. And people are coming to your cafe table every week or every two weeks and joining the conversation, even even though they may not be saying anything, they feel like they're at the table. If you suddenly turn to that person who's enjoying this experience and say, I got a really great sales opportunity for you and you should buy this thing. Just like that, you've probably turned them off. So I wouldn't use the podcast as your launch into the sale. You need to fit other pieces into it. And that can be through engagement with listeners on social media, get to know them. If it's appropriate, go meet with them for coffee, build up that rapport. And I've done that with my own podcast where I get to know people either online or in person. And then we develop, we can develop business connections together. The podcast helped, but I didn't say in my podcast by my thing. And it's a key distinguish there. Yeah, I, I I think your analogy to being sort of in the middle of the funnel, you know, sort of makes sense because you want someone, obviously you want someone to get to your podcast or there needs to be a way to, to get you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you, you know, I, I agree with that. So you want someone thinking about, well, who do I want to to help me buy or or, or, or sell my home? Well, I, I, you know, I listen to Doug, I listen to Jason, you know, whoever on their podcast and, and they seem, you know, pretty smart. They had some good ideas and what have you. So it's a, it builds that sort of rapport, um, but it's not necessarily where you're closing the deal, so to speak. Yeah. Or, or it's, um, I talked with a relative, uh, my, my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law happens to listen to Jason on the tribe pod. And Jason was so top of mind. He said, well, you know, talk to Jason yeah. about so it doesn't have to be the direct listenership. You're creating those building connections. Yeah. You're, you're creating those linkages. Yeah. It prompts the word of mouth, just like someone telling you about this show or that show or whatever. Exactly. The case so, so, so let's say the, the realtors bought into this and they want to do their first podcast. They got a notion of, of, of what they want to talk about. And they're excited to, to get into that world. Um, Normally the podcasts are published online. They're on, you know, one of many or, 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 or many of many hosting platforms. Uh, maybe talk about the different hosting platforms that are available and, and why someone might choose, you know, one over the other, you know, what, what's sort of the nuance there. Perfect. So people find and listen to podcasts on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, Castro, uh, Outcast, you know, you name it. There's, yeah. there's 30 or 40 sort of top of mind. And then worldwide, there's even more. Apple and Spotify are by far the two biggest. You really go be on all of them, be on every channel for sure. Apple and Spotify, in terms of how people find your podcast, they are the top ones. Your podcast is distributed to those directories through an RSS feed. And there are hosts that RSS feeds are really old technology. Yep. Still work, really old, really simple syndication, old stuff. Um, the, the easiest way is through the hosts that you're talking about. Uh, the host that I use and prefer is Buzzsprout. It is the second most popular host in the world. The most popular is, you could call it Anchor, but I think the formal name has changed to Spotify for Podcasters. With Anchor or Spotify for Podcasters, it's free. And so it seems like there's a big plus there. The reason I don't use it is a, you simply don't get the measurement metrics 
out of it that you do from a paid service like Buzzsprout. Secondly, you're actually allowing something's for sale if something's for free, right? And in this case, you're allowing Spotify to arbitrarily place ads within your podcast, any ad they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. That's the cost of using Anchor. So for a small fee, I like Buzzsprout, um, but Libsyn is right up there. Uh, Omni is another one, O-M-N-Y, and Blueberry. There are lots of really valid podcast hosts out there. There's another that's based in Toronto. More, uh, it's, it's on the newer side called Co-Host. Co-Host is definitely more expensive than the others, significantly more expensive, but you get access to even more metrics, such as understanding if someone's listening to your, if you have people listening to your podcast uh, from a business and they're using their business email uh, to sign up for Apple Podcasts, then um, Co-host has a service where you can see where the where they work, um, and it costs even more money. So Co-host is possible. Buzzsprout is the one that I that I typically go with. Uh, interface is beautiful, cost is minimal, um, and that's what I put all my because we produce podcasts sure. for clients. I put most of my clients on Buzzsprout by default. Omni is bigger. In, I for clients in Australia, I put them on Omni. And I guess that's the balance, right? Like, so, you know, you're, you're paying a certain amount of money and, and, and you get something in return aside from the hosting. And I think the metrics are really important. Eventually. Um, Yeah. As you get bigger, they're very important. Yeah. Especially like you start to get a following, you want to try new things, new approaches, talk about different content and, and you want to see if it's, you know, sort of a success or a fail as it were. And and so you can, uh, you know, adjust on the fly. And, And so that's where the metrics are. Are, are, are key. I got another question for you, and it's actually maybe sort of backing up before we move forward. But, you know, I've listened to a number of different podcasts, and you have some that are really polished and, and uh, uh, you know, obviously, you know, sort of studio driven, you have others that are a little bit less so and, and one's not necessarily uh, worse than the other. But what are your thoughts on sort of, uh, um, you know, the equipment setup someone needs to have and how polished or unpolished a podcast needs to needs to be to to be effective? You know, the studies show it does. It's not that I I have definitely heard podcasts where I'm pretty sure no one's using a microphone and um, and the editing, maybe they haven't even edited it. I've heard those and then I can see they're actually pulling some good numbers. So that is very possible. I'm not saying they're unicorns, but I think they're the exception to the rule. Study after study is showing people want decent quality sound, just like they want good video or they want to see a good photo. They don't want it blurry. They don't want to have to work harder to hear what someone has said. They want it to be laid out right there for them, well-edited, well-recorded. The beauty is you you don't need to go to a studio in 2023. And the studio folks will... They'll hate that, but they, they, for podcasts, they really have gone the way of the payphone. They've become redundant with a decent microphone, which could be as simple as the blue Yeti, which is about 150, 160 bucks at, at Best Buy yep. anywhere. You could ramp up to the Shure MV7 uh, with USB connection, probably about $400. Sounds real good. I'm using the Shure um, SM7B. With XLR connection, I've got a cloud lifter and a Scarlet Focus, right? So I'm, I've invested. I'm a podcast producer, so I better darn sure. sound okay. I've invested in all of that, but then you're going to need the editing equipment, um, 
You're going to need equipment to develop the promos as well. So there is a bit of, if you're going to DIY it, there is a bit of an investment. The real challenge is time. Right. And when I add everything up uh, on my podcast, I spend, I probably spend six hours on a 30 minute podcast and you probably do the same all in. Like it, it takes time to plan it, record, plan it, uh, schedule it, record it, edit it, uh, produce it, get it on the directories, promote it, and then circle back. All that takes time. So it, it's an expenditure of time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. I mean, to produce a static report, to produce a video, to produce a podcast. I mean, there's an outlay up front for you yeah. know, whatever's required, the tools that are required. And then, you know, the more time you're putting in, probably the more polished it's going to be. Obviously, you start to gain from experience over time and, and you can, you know, sort of shorten the turnaround time. But nonetheless, there's a, there's a certain amount of investment, both in terms of money and in terms of, of time to get it right. Now, I think just thinking about, so a realtor, you know, they get set up. They're putting together a pretty polished uh, uh, podcast. They're pretty comfortable with the with the process, and obviously, probably the the first thing they're going to do is is promote their their podcast on their existing channels. They got a website, they got social media, they have static advertising, the you old know, benches, pads, whatever the case may be. We've we've talked about that, but I guess there's some other. I guess I don't want to say less conventional, but maybe less known for someone that's just getting into the podcast world, you know, things like promo swaps and interview swaps, you know, like being a guest on someone else's show and what have you, like, those are also ways uh, to, to promote what you're doing. Perfect. Yeah. And use the tools that you've already got. I can't stress that enough. I, that that's um, I do notice that uh, a lot of folks don't use their own existing tools to promote their podcast. They expect it to just be discovered by magic. Uh, on its own, use your existing tools, but yeah, promo swap, um, other than organic, other than, you know, Jason and Doug are pals and they get taught, they both like podcasts. Well, Doug is going to recommend one to Jason. Jason's going to recommend one to Doug. That is, that's organic. And that is number one for how people find podcasts for sure. Second though, is people find podcasts by listening to other podcasts. Right. So a promo swap is when you find, you understand your audience first, then go find another podcast of equal or, or greater size that has pretty much the same audience, same demographic, same location uh, for their audience as you and forget the competitive stuff, reach out to them and organize a promo swap where Jason says, Hey, if you yeah. like this podcast, listen to Doug's and Doug does the same on his podcast and use those promo swaps. Pick your guests strategically. You want, when you have a guest on your podcast, like you're, so you're hoping that when this episode publishes, Doug isn't just a, an okay guest, but that Doug promotes the heck out of the podcast on his own social media channels, uh, promotes it organically in his conversations. Pick your guests that do that. And the bigger name guests, I found are less likely to do it. There's a sweet spot. The the real lower name guests, they they don't do it because they maybe don't quite understand the value of it. But the right in the middle are the folks they haven't got a huge name, but they don't have a small name. And and they're willing to help promote. They're willing to pump it out there because it shows that they're a subject matter expert or a technical expert in their field. So use guests that promote. Uh, tag them in your social media posts to promote your episode because most of the time they'll just hit retweet or repost or yep. make a comment on it, which is great. Create those QR codes, use the QR codes in your presentations uh, and, and 
your ads and create that link at the bottom of your email as well. And, and then really podcast advertising, advertising on other podcasts, which costs money, that is also effective. Podcast advertising does have impact. So those are the, the top of mind ways. And then with each client we work with, we'll get to know, uh, for example, I've got, um, uh, well, I've got a number of real estate clients, but, uh, uh, two gentlemen who are lawyers, they have a, a legal legalese podcast talks about legal matters. I want to find the technical publications, the magazines that their audience is reading and then advertise in those as well. Yeah. And that's a good point. I actually had written down here to, to ask a little bit about, um, you know, I guess making that jump. So, you know, you, 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 you start small, people are start, you're starting to get a bit of a, a, a listenership as it were, and you're moving into that sort of medium level. So now you're doing swaps, you're working with other people that can be complementary to, to what you're doing and, and they're promoting you. Um, you know, you're promoting them. Uh, um, there's that reciprocity there. Uh, but then you're going to reach a stage where you're saying, look at, you know, uh, this is helping me make money. So maybe I ought to throw some more money at it. And, and, you know, I bought the equipment, I've invested in the sort of the production side of things. Maybe I ought to also be investing in advertising. You mentioned that a little bit um, a, a minute or so ago, but maybe like, at what point is someone re ready to start thinking about, you know, paying to, to put ads in other podcasts or, or other mediums to sort of promote what you're doing? Well, whenever they have budget to do so, uh, that's yeah. that's the easy answer. Sure. Um, early on, you've got the launch effect where people who know you and like you, they're going to check out your podcast. And then typically after the early burst, the launch effect, you start to settle in over the course of the next you know, six months, eight months with your podcast. And you're, you're trying to grow its own audience. Um, if you can afford to do the advertising, do it right away. There's, there's no, there's okay. no need to wait, but make sure you're advertising within podcasts that are definitely hitting the right audience for you. If you're a realtor in Toronto, there's no sense advertising to people listening in Vancouver, unless you're convinced that you're reaching business people who fly yeah. back and forth for some reason, but do it that way. Um, you can also approach hosts of larger podcasts and ask them to do a host read ad for you. And the benefit of that, not recording your own ad, but just saying, hey, here's a rough script, but by all means, don't even don't even read the script, talk to it as the host. If, if it's a, a popular podcast, there's nothing more impactful to those listeners than to hear the host they trust say in their own words that Jason's podcast is terrific and they should give it a go. That's that. And you hear Joe Rogan, you know, who's a bit of a unicorn in the podcast industry, but Joe Rogan does that all the time right. uh, and, and it works gangbusters and study after study is showing that that's the kind of advertising that really works. Pre-recorded is, is fine. It's good. It's, it, yeah. it works, but a host spoken as opposed to host read ad has the most impact and that's the way to go. And, and it you hear costs, that a lot cost more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's interesting. You hear it a lot more on radio now too. Uh, totally. Podcasting space, but now on the radio and it's kind of almost sounds like it's part of the show or whatever, if you're listening to talk radio, right? You know, what's interesting is all the radio stations, they're, they're turning their shows into podcasts. And we had a sad day the other week uh, where one of the larger conglomerates, I'll just leave the name out for now, closed a number of stations, laid yeah. off a number of staff, right? All in radio. And, and because, you know, Sorry, podcasts are starting to eat their lunch. Yeah. Radio's become the habit that people listen to radio during the commute. And it's it's still king and queen of the commute. 
but everywhere else it's become the podcast. Yeah. And it's just habit. Yeah. It's interesting how the, you know, the different, uh, the different mediums are starting to, there's blurred lines now for sure. Uh, yes. Yes. And they all want in on the podcasts. Yeah. Well, YouTube is changing its algorithm and its whole layout. It'll it's, it's coming. It's here in the United States. It's growing in the United States, but they'll be introducing it in Canada fairly soon where they're trying to get in on podcasts. People don't really listen to podcasts on YouTube. Lots of studies say they do. They don't. I don't know what's going on with those studies. YouTube is owned by Google, yeah. right? Google wants in and its podcast app ranks way behind Spotify and Apple. So it thinks YouTube is a way to get in. Um, it's, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm sure we'll see more of that. Um, I guess the final question I had for you is, you know, you've gone through this whole sort of uh, progression, you've decided you want to do podcasting, you've sort of think that you've thought about, you know, where you want to position yourself, vis-a-vis uh, -vis your, your potential uh, client base, you went out, you bought some equipment, maybe you're working with someone like yourself to, to, to put it all together, you know, you're promoting it, maybe you're invested in some ads. Um, finally, the, you need to sort of think about, well, is this successful or not? Yeah. Um, and so I think that gets us back to the topic of, uh, you know, metrics and rankings or what have you. So just as sort of a, I guess, a final thing to discuss, how do you know if you're doing a good job? Yeah. And I think, I think the most common and the worst mistake is to look only at downloads, especially early on, unless you're a rock star already, your downloads are going to be low and yeah. slow to grow. There's an old parable about the Chinese bamboo tree, which in the first five years of its life doesn't even break the earth. You have to water it. You have to fertilize it. You have to give it sunshine every single day yeah. and it won't break earth for five years. Then it breaks earth and it grows. At, it goes to 90 feet tall. And at one point in its growth cycle, it's growing by an inch and a half per day. It's crazy. You can almost stand and see it grow. And podcasts metaphorically are like that. This takes time. So downloads, I think, is one of the worst ways. But look at, do look at your downloads. Are, are, you, are you showing a somewhat of a slow and steady growth? Were there episodes that burst? Did they do well? Who is the guest? Uh, look at the location. Are you hitting the right geographic location for where you want to be? Look at the length of time listening. Go into Spotify for podcasters and Apple Podcasts Connect. And look at the length of time listening per episode. If people are listening to about 70, 75% of your episode, it's a little hint that they're willing to take on more. Yeah. Um, if they're listening to 50, 40% of your episode, that's a hint that you should pull back on the length of time of each episode. Proof of performance is another one. Uh, I have politicians um, who produce their podcast through me. Right. And specifically politicians who reach a, a certain stature and they have a national portfolio. They are uh, either the minister of this or the critic of that. Yeah. The criticism that they face is that they're not in their constituency. Hey, right. you're not, you're not back home listening to people. Well, your podcast is proof of performance. Well, well, here's the episode I did with that local business leader talking about the tax regime and uh, what it's like to start up and keep going. Here's the episode I did with the Charitable Foundation. Here's the episode I did with the head of the Nurses Association. Their podcast can simply become that mechanism where they're showing, no, no, I am listening to people all the time. Uh, it could be that you want to learn from the people you're interviewing, that you want access to Tim Hudak from Maria. Or, or whoever it is, and you're learning and growing that way. For realtors, interviewing um, 
home inspectors, interviewing staging professionals. Um, you're going to learn every time from them. And boy, in your day to day, you're going to find you're quoting things all over the place. Anecdotal feedback is powerful. What are people saying in your office? What are your neighbors saying about your podcast? What are your clients saying? And then look at your ratings and reviews in Apple and Spotify in particular. And if you're getting reviews, fantastic. They're hard to get. Yeah. Are your ratings going up? So those are some of the other metrics. But for each client, it's an individual strategy to understand where are they trying to go and position themselves. Downloads are is only one metric, and it's it's a pretty weak metric for the first couple of years. Well, Doug, I want to thank you very much. We covered a lot over the course of about a, a half an hour. So, you know, again, thank you very much for for talking to us about how realtors can can benefit. Uh, through podcasting and how they can get into that 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 space, um, I think with with relative ease. And then there's a lot of work, obviously, to to you know get it off the ground and see that sort of exponential or or bamboo like growth um, that that that, <laughs> that you're talking about. Um, so I'm sure you've inspired some of our listeners to 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 get into this space and start creating their first podcasts. And so thank you very much. I love it. I listened to several of your episodes just to prep for this one, and uh, it, it sounds great. So it's a terrific podcast. Well, I'm glad. I'm sure we'll continue to do it. It's a lot of fun, uh, certainly, to talk to people like you. So make sure you don't miss another episode. Subscribe to Treb's Ready to Real Estate podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you again for joining us. And we'll talk to you again next time. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B.ca to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in.